this is Kara Foster from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky, and you're listening to our sermons podcast. And if you want to find out more information, you can connect with us at www.madisonvilledisciples.org or come in person at 1030 College Drive, uh, Madisonville, Kentucky. Subscribe and enjoy these podcasts. We are spending these weeks looking at some of the great prayers that are found in the Bible. Last Sunday, it was Isaiah's prayer, Here I am, Lord, send me. If you remember, we heard the song, um, Here I am, Lord, and I, it's amazing to me how a song can transport us across time and space. I hear that song, and I'm at the campfire at church camp. <laughs> And today's prayer is a psalm from Psalm 51. It's attributed to David. And of the 150 psalms, which Bible, fun fact for you two who just got Bibles today, generally if you turn your Bible, if you open it straight in the middle, you'll end in the psalms. And of these 150 psalms, many are attributed to David. And psalms are just a treasure trove of wisdom. They are, there's joyful and happy and thanksgiving psalms and angry and bitter and where are you God psalms. There are words of wisdom that cover the gamut of all of the human experience. And sometimes in our lives, when you feel like you are searching for words, when you feel like you don't have the right words to say, use someone else's. These psalms These words for thousands of years that have spoken to people across time and culture and language, they've been memorized and sung and carried people through time and space. And I just invite you, when you struggle to find words, to use the words of these psalms. Let them be your prayer and hold them close to your heart. So here are some examples of psalms that are attributed to David Of course, the shepherd boy, David, that would be king, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Psalm 145, I will exalt you, my God, king. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day, I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. David goes on and on about the joy it is to praise God. But our prayer today is different. So... I want you to hear where David is today when he speaks these words in Psalm 51. I'm going to read the first 12 verses so you get a glimpse. It begins, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you alone I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are justified in your presence and sin blameless as you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner when my mother conceived me. You desire truth in the inward being and therefore teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you've crushed rejoice. 
Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain in me a willing spirit. Gone is the king that danced at the presence of the Lord. Gone is the king who drips praise and gratitude of God. Now, he says, let me hear joy and gladness. Let me hear joy and gladness again. He is broken. He's lost. He is so weighed down by the mud and muck of his own life that he knows in his heart of hearts he's lost all joy and gladness. I remember talking to a new mom, first-time mom, with her four-month-old baby, and her child had suddenly not been meeting some milestones, some developmental milestones, and there was concerns, and it was sending them to specialists and a lot of uncertainty and a lot of fear, and it sent this new mom into a really deep, dark hole, and she knew she was in a really bad place. There wasn't a shred of truth to this, but she was actually even blaming herself for what was happening, and she became totally paralyzed by fear and uncertainty. And I remember I was talking to her in really one of the hardest points in time during those days. And she told me something that I haven't forgotten. She said that she called her sister and asked her sister to come and visit and stay with them for a while because she needed to see someone take joy and delight in her daughter. She realized that her worry her anxiety, her fear, her depression, whatever you want to call it, was so consuming to her in that moment that she realized she had lost joy. David wasn't asking God to mend his heart or fix it. Create in me a clean heart. He wants something new. The word create is the very word from Genesis 1.1. Create. When God created the earth, David knows that it's God who can take what is chaotic and formless and void and make new life. It's God that can make something out of nothing. Create in me a clean heart and sustain in me a willing spirit because he knows he can't do it alone. Do you recognize this feeling? Maybe right now, but I, I think all of us at some point in our lives come to a time and place where we face-to-face our heart of hearts, so broken, so lost, so full of regret, that we may feel like we've lost our joy. We may take a good long look at the mirror and not like what we see. David knows this. There's actually a, a subscription with this psalm, a little editorial, ancient editorial note that is above, in my Bible, it's at the very top, a note that someone put to go along with this psalm many, many years ago, and it says this, to the leader, a psalm of David when the prophet Nathan came to him after he'd gone into Bathsheba. Now, this is sort of a nice way to put this, putting it mildly, a little G rating on a rated R experience, but David really messed up. If you remember this, you know 
David messed up badly. He sees Bathsheba, a married woman, bathing on the rooftop. He likes what he sees. He has her come. Now, he's uh, the king, so he has all the power and all the control, and she has no say in the matter. And Bathsheba becomes pregnant, and to cover up his mistakes, he tries to manipulate the situation. And when that doesn't work, he makes sure that her own husband is sent to the front lines where he is killed. And in 2 Samuel chapter 12, the prophet Nathan calls David on his sin. David's story is as old as time. You mess up big, and you tell a lie to cover that one, and then you tell another lie to cover that lie, and the lie, and meanwhile, the hole just keeps getting deeper and deeper. Psalm 51 is a prayer to come clean to wipe the slate and begin again and to feel healing and joy again. Purge me with hyssop, he says, and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. David is sick and tired of the mess he has created and he wants to pray for a new start. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And restore to me the joy of your salvation. He needs help. I remember years ago, I was at a spiritual treat for young clergy that was really done for young ministers to just help nurture and sustain their ministry in those early days. And I was on this retreat, but I was treating it sort of like I was at some sort of learning seminar conference. And I was Remember, I was talking to one of the mentors that were leading the retreat, and I was just going on and on about all the things that we had going on at church and all the good things and all the things we were working on and struggling on and the goals I was trying to do and things I were going to take part in next year. And I was just blabbering on and on and on about all this church stuff that ministers love to yap about all the time. And I remember the retreat leaders sort of just out of the blue said, oh, that, that sounds great, but... How's your heart these days? How's your heart? And I knew instantly that that question gave me a lump in my throat that I didn't want to answer. We may plaster a smile on our face sometimes. We may try to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and fake it till we make it. But it's here it's in our hearts. There's no pretending. There's no denying. David knows how lost and how broken he is, and he needs help. He doesn't want to go alone. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and sustain in me a willing spirit. So if you don't mind me asking today, how's your heart? How's your heart these days? In this moment, in this time of worship, we bring our whole selves into this space and into this time. The good and the bad and the ugly of our lives. We bring all that we are to God. And we can try to sweep things under the rug. We may try to put a smile on our face and pretend. But here in this space, we recognize the one who sees to the heart of our lives. A friend of mine was telling me about 
a very distinct thing that stayed with her when she read the Little House on the Prairie books by Laura Ingalls Wilder, you know, the TV show back in the day. But in, this, in the books, she said that they, as they would travel out west to homestead the land and their wagons, that they were always picking up and moving to some new spot, some new destination. But for them, for the family, they knew they had arrived. They knew they were home when mom got out this red checkered tablecloth and set the table. That cloth, no matter where they were, told them that they were home, that they were welcome to find rest and renewal around that table. And you might be listening today, and you might not be in the room with us now, but we know here in this space, we have this table, this family meal, and it's got familiar items on it to help us to know in bread and cup that this is our home. This is where we belong. This is where we find rest and renewal in the heart of that space. And it helps me to remember that when we remember that last supper in the upper room, that every single one of them around the table that night would disappoint him. They would get scared would deny him. They would run and hide. They couldn't even stay awake and pray with him. And of course, one turned him in for money. And yet, instead of pushing them all away, he said, here is my broken body for you. Instead of pushing them away, he offered the bread of life. And I hope you know no matter what you bring into this space, into this time, this day, I hope you know how heavy or broken your heart may feel. The one who sees us, the good and the hard and the ugly, instead of pushing us away, says, come and take a seat here. And when you find someday that you just don't have the words, if you ever struggle for the words, and use someone else's. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Amen. <laughs>